So it was, you know, every kid and we were poor, we didn't have any money growing up. So it was my dream to be able to go home and show mom and dad that I got bored walking park place. Right. So when Goonies came out, it was kind of the same thing. It was like the yeah. treasure where all you have to do is find it and it's yours. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're that age, when you're eight, nine years old, you're learning about life. You don't know anything about life. And so these kids and this movie really exemplified the power of friendship and family and determination and adventure and all of that together. Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This is a show that talks about the stuff that makes life work. And dare I say it, makes life a little bit more interesting today. Uh, and to help us do just that, I am chatting with my very special guest, Bayman Zachary, uh, who actually owns a company called We Buy Gold LLC, but we're not going to talk about that. And if you're a Goonies fan, I want you to keep listening up because I've got some interesting news for you. Uh, we're going to talk to Bayman about where he's at to push through, what he does to recharge his batteries, uh, and what growth looks like. Now, the transcript and uh notes any links will be available on our website push to be more.com and whilst you're there if you haven't done so already sign up to the newsletter because every week we email you the the links and the notes from the show automatically they come straight to your inbox yes they do now this show this episode probably the episode i've been looking forward to more than any other recently and that's not to disparage any other guests but you're going to have to work hard to keep up with this one this show is brought to you by orion media which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders set up and run their own successful podcast. Why on earth would you want to do that, you may ask? Well, I just simply think it's probably the best and most effective marketing tool out there on the market at the moment. I appreciate that. Maybe a bold claim, and I appreciate uh, there's lots of questions you might have about podcasting, like why you would do it, what's, what's the strategy, what's the technology, etc etc well that's where orion media comes into it you see i love to do what i'm about to do which is have conversations with very interesting people but i'm not a big fan of all that other stuff if i'm honest with you so orion media takes it off my plate i get to do what i'm good at and they brilliantly take care of the rest so if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business do connect with them at orionmedia.com that's a-u-r-i-o-n media.com now Brace yourselves as we talk about our guest. Uh, Bayman Zachary is a serial entrepreneur, a dedicated collector who can't resist the irresistible charm of 80s pop culture. I know how he feels. Now, this entrepreneurial wizard launched his first business at 16 and with three decades of experience under his belt, has turned mentor, guiding the next generation of business mavens into an art. Yes, he has. And when he's not ruling the business world, he is ruling the digital space with his YouTube and TikTok channels, serving up entrepreneurial wisdom with a side of 80s flair, living by his legendary mantra, mantra <laughs> never give up. Or maybe Goonies never say die. Uh, so let's... <laughs> Bayman is a true goonie making waves in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, and so without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Bayman. Bayman, how are we doing, man? How are you doing? Doing great, brother. Doing even better than I'm on the show with you. I love the shirt. That thing's incredible. Yeah. For those listening to the podcast, which I know like 99% of people do, what you're not going to recognize is I have this tie-dye shirt on um, and on the top it says Goonies. Now we're going to get into why we're we're talking a lot about the Goonies already. But this shirt, 
can I tell the story, Bayman, of this shirt? This shirt was given to me by my beautiful friend over in Astoria, Oregon, called Katie, Katie Lamping, who does tie-dye. She's a nurse, but she does these tie-dye T-shirts of a weekend at a, a market store. And I was I had the immense privilege of being in Astoria recently, a couple of weeks ago, and Katie gave me this shirt when I was over there as we were selling tie-dyes. There was a bit of a Goonies thing going on that weekend with a new music video. And then on the Sunday night, um, my last few hours in Astoria, we drove up to the house where the Goonies movie was filmed. And if you don't know what the Goonies movie is, where have you been? It's like the film of all films, one of my favorite films of all time. And that's where I met Bayman because you were coming out of the house just as we were coming up the drive, right? Yep. Worked out perfect, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but just explain to the audience what you made me do before I could go into the house and have a look around. Well, you know that there's one rule that I set the day my name was revealed into the world of the Goonies house. No one gets inside the house without doing the truffle shuffle. <laughs> 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 it's it's the rule and it was brilliant i laughed so hard um as me katie and katrina are, are outside doing the truffle shuffle uh which is now on tiktok i've put it on instagram it's all over the place and and we'll put it in the the video if you're watching the video of the podcast first you gotta do the truffle shuffle do it do it Um, so, yeah, so <laughs> you are now the owner of the Goonies house where this movie was shot in the 80s, but you're the recent owner of this house, right? Yep. Um, you know, fortunate enough that Sandy Preston, the previous owner, uh, you know, picked me to be the lucky one. to. She passed the torch on and uh, felt that I would be a good ambassador, a good steward of the house to the Goonies community, which is what I pledged to be and uh, what I'm trying my best to do. So, yeah. It's uh boy, it's only been a few months and it's already been a roller coaster ride, you know. <laughs> I know you were telling me a little bit about it, but let's why did you I guess um let's let's start at the beginning. How did you hear about the Goonies house coming up for sale? To be honest, it was all of my friends and family were texting me and and tagging me on all forms of social media. And, and the general consensus was this is all you, go get it you know, you better win this. This is your dream. You know, go get it, make it happen. Basically throwing all of my slogans in my face. And so I felt obviously challenged where I'm like, oh my gosh, if people are telling me make it happen, I live by that statement Yeah, uh, and never give up and all this stuff. So yeah, that's how I got made aware of it. Now I had obviously met Sandy at the 30th anniversary in 2015. She gave mm -hmm. my family and I a tour of the house and was cool enough to even invite us to spend the night. She's like, you guys are amazing. I'm like, no way. So then I asked her, I was like, are you ever going to sell this thing? Because if you ever sell it, I would love to have the opportunity to buy it. She mm -hmm. goes, yeah, you and a million other Goonies, everybody wants to buy this house. I was like, all right, well, I'm serious. So if you ever mm -hmm. want to do it. But she never reached out to me. She just kind of, you know, did it organically through a, mm -hmm. an agent, right, through a broker and, and listed the house. And I moved at 200 miles an hour. I just... I wanted to know, am I the chosen one? Is, is this really a thing? <laughs> you know, even if it was a one in a million shot, you remember like mm -hmm. a dumber when Jim, yeah, Perry, yeah. he says, you know, what's a chance of a girl like me and a guy like you ended up together? And he's like, is it more like this? And she's like, more like one in a million. 
And he's like, yes, <laughs> I had a chance, you know, and for me, it was the fact that I had even a one in a yeah. million by the Guinea's house was, was an incredible, you know, thing. And so, um, you know, I started moving fast, getting everything, all my ducks mm -hmm. in a row and, and, uh, submitted a formal offer and I lost like three nights of sleep. And finally I, I said, Hey, I'd really like to know sooner than later. I mean, if it's going to be a no, that's fine. As long if there's a better person out there, if, if one of the cast members wants to buy the house, if Steven Spielberg wants to buy the house, I totally understand it. Let them buy the house. But if it's going to be me, don't torture me for like 30 minutes. <laughs> this is awful, you know? So anyway, luckily they had decided, Sandy had decided that she wanted to have an answer. She wanted to make an answer um, the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. uh, Thanksgiving Day holiday here in the United States, which was on a Thursday. And um, I said, that would be amazing because if I have to go into Thanksgiving, it's going to be hard to focus on friends and family during the Thanksgiving holiday, not knowing and talk about possibilities. So it ended up coming down between me and one other buyer. He's a big Hollywood wig. He, he uh, has done a lot in Hollywood. He, he's a massive Goonies fan. And, um, you know, he even offered uh, a lot more money than I did. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough that she picked me and she was very adamant and she meant it that she wanted it to go to the right person. So yeah, that's how I ended up with the house. And then when it became real and we were under contract and then things moved forward and we finally closed on the house, I was like, holy smokes, this is a, this is a real responsibility. And that's what pe I don't think people understand is yeah. it's not just any normal Hollywood home, right? It's not just like, oh, this scene was filmed in this house. This is the Goonies house. This is mm -hmm. the house that arguably is the number one you know, movie house in the world in the last 40, 50 years. And, and so understanding, you know, for, for me, the, per, the perception I have of this house, even though I'm on paper and the owner of the house is I don't feel like I'm quote unquote, yeah. the owner. like it's, you might own something right physically, but in my opinion, it doesn't mean that it belongs to you. So the yeah. house belongs to the Goonies community. It doesn't belong to me. It's just as much your house as it is my house. It's that special uh, place that we have in all our hearts. It's what makes you fly from the UK all the way to Astoria, halfway across the world. That's how special that house is. So it would be very selfish of anyone, including myself, to think that it's my house. It's not. Mm. It's, a, it's a community house. And so we're going to do our best to make it become that in some way, shape or form by restoring it to make it look like it did in the movie, which is in the works uh, through a TV show. And uh, originally I was going to do it, but now it looks like we're getting a TV show. And then, you know, after that, how does the house get shared even more? Mm. How do people get access to the inside? How do tours happen? If somebody wants to spend the night. So these are all things that at some point in time, if it was in, you know, if it was, you know, my discretion, I think it it, it deserves to be shown to the world. Yeah. <clears throat> That's kind of where my mentality is: is trying to figure out how to do the best thing for the for the community. And as you know, we we're very welcoming of people walking up the driveway, yeah. taking, doing the truffle shuffle. Just I always say, be respectful to neighbors. Park a few blocks away and walk because the neighbors get mad. Don't come yeah. up the driveway. Do not yeah. drive up the driveway. <laughs> do not do that. Yeah. yeah one side it's actually a dangerous driveway 
Um, and it does look the same as it did in the movie. But then it's like, how do we go to the next level? You know, you got, you, you happened to be there when we were there and you caught us right as we were leaving. So it was like, yeah. perfect. Um, but how do I make that experience for as many Goonies as possible? Um, and that's kind of what the challenge is. So we're just trying to figure out what that is. And every time we visit Astoria and we go back, we're excited because we don't live there full time. Mm-hmm. Although we have people that guard the house, watch the house. It's being recorded with tons of cameras and things like that. It, it, it needs to just be open. It needs yeah. to be, people need to know. And yeah, so it's going to take a community, but whether or not the Facebook group, you know, they all want to figure out some way to make this happen. I thought about an idea and I don't know if this is legal or not, but what if like a, you know, how like a, a company goes public mm. and they sell shares of a company, right? Yeah. Could you do something similar with a house? Is that even That'd be really interesting? Yeah. yeah. So where you sell 10,000 unique shares or a hundred thousand shares or a million shares at some fractional price, say you sold a million shares at a couple dollars a piece, Mm-hmm. that each person is considered a shareholder or like an owner. And then those people would be able to technically claim that it's their house too. So they could visit it. They could, and then how do you protect it? So people aren't fighting if this group mm-hmm. shows up and, you know, and there's all these, so you can see kind of where our, our, our minds are yeah, uh, yeah. spaces is trying to figure out how to share this thing. But in the meantime, we're just going to have fun with it and keep making videos for TikTok. <laughs> Your guys' truffle stuff was hilarious. If you first haven't seen it, go to my TikTok, Damon Zachary. It's pretty simple. And I got a very uh, unique name. And uh, But once you find how to spell it, I'm yeah. the same on every form of social media. Go to the TikTok and you have to watch Matt's truffle shuffle. And it, <laughs> it was with Kate Wright and her friend. Yeah. Katrina, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm trying to, I'm not the best with names, but it was, it was such a good time. And I'll tell you, it never gets old when somebody really wants in the house. And I'm like, (laughs) you look like you enjoy playing that role, Bowman. And every, and all the TikToks I've seen, you, you look like, I mean, you lean against the door frame, just like you did in the movie. You fold your arms and you're you're in character straight away, right? And I, so- hope, Corey Feldman, I hope Corey Feldman's going to be proud of me. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. Solid job, my friend. You know, that's it. Solid job. Well, listen, uh, I, I know I said this to you before, but you guys were super generous to us when we just turned up unannounced. Um, and I think we spent about two hours with you inside the house wow. just walking around chatting away and um and and super generous with your time and it was lovely to meet the family and uh hear what you guys are doing with the house and just showed me around saying are we going to do this we're going to restore this front doorway here we're going to put in a staircase there and um what was fascinating Bayman was um two nights ago uh we have um a, a friend of a very good friend of mine she's lovely she's become like my adopted daughter um she's from the Ukraine and um, she's part of the team that's going to edit this podcast. Um, she's just wonderful. And I was telling her about coming to Astoria, going up to the, you know, going to the cinema, watching the movie, watching the mu- music video, which was launched, which was just brilliant. And then going up to the house and having a look around the house. And she was like, what's the Goonies? And I'm like, are you serious? Oh. So she came back to the house that night. And I'm like, right, 8.30, I'm putting the Goonies on. So we had the big TV. We had the Goonies movie playing. 
Um, and I, I, I've watched it again, like the third time in the last few weeks. <laughs> and as as the movie was playing, I'm like, I stood in that room and that's where I did. And let me tell you about the attic. <laughs> so let me tell you. No, it's, it's unbelievable. And um, uh, just as a caveat, if you ever do shares in the in the house, let me know. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I would be I would be interested in that. But um, it was really magical. And just like you say, just standing in the house where they filmed this movie, which I think if you grew up in the 80s, is is one of those movies that actually had a profound impact on people, wasn't it? And it's it's become a bit of a cult classic for for a reason. What was it about the movie that you found so special? Um, to be honest, you know, at the age I was at, when I watched it, I was probably almost nine years old. So eight, nine years old. I, and so what was special was how much I could relate to it as a boy growing up in the 80s and watching, you know, the the cast do this treasure hunt to go find One-Eyed Willie's treasure. It was kind of every boy's dream. Like mm-hmm. whether or not, I don't know if everybody remembers, but at least here in the United States, McDonald's used to have this monopoly game where every mm-hmm. time you bought like a soda or a value meal, like a hamburger, they would have these little things where you'd peel off yeah. And you try to match up. And if if you got Boardwalk and Park Place, they would give you a million dollars. And so it was, you know, every kid and we were poor. We didn't have any money growing up. So it was my dream to be able to go home and show mom and dad that I got Boardwalk and Park Place. Right. So when Goonies came out, it was kind of the same thing. It was like the yeah. treasure where all you have to do is find it and it's yours. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're that age, <clears throat> when you're eight, nine years old, you're learning about life. You don't know anything about life. And so these kids and this movie really exemplified the power of friendship and family and determination and adventure and all of that together. So after watching the movie, immediately I wanted to go find a treasure. And I had sold myself, the imagination of an eight-year-old kid, I had sold myself that there was a buried treasure out there. And we all know that throughout the world, there's probably thousands of buried treasures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There really is. <laughs> so it's not like just this fake imaginary thing. And so we started impersonating and acting like mm-hmm. we were gigs. And that's was a big part of us. And and so the 80s and those movies kind of molded that and kind of taught us, you know, the whole stick together friendship and the the most famous slogan, you know, not hey you guys, but the most famous slogan of Goonies, um, never say die. Mm-hmm. really means never give up. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's really, you know, that's, that's what I translated it to. I mean, you know, in my, in my life was when you live a normal life and you weren't given anything and you start from nothing and you work your way towards the top of the mountain, there are going to be so many things that get thrown at you to knock you off the mountain and so many things to knock you off your path and to make you want to give up. And there have been, I'm not kidding you out of the what tens of thousands of days that I've lived on planet earth, there have been hundreds of days that I've wanted to give up. Yeah. And it was things like the movie Goonies and things like that embedded in my DNA, in my heart. Yeah. And soul. It's who I am, that it's not you. Like I'd rather, you know, I don't want to say the word because Goonies never say die, but I'd rather be that then give up, right? Mm. I don't want to tap out. I don't want to say mercy. I don't want to say that this beat me. My rule of thumb is if somebody's already done it, then it can be done. And so 
we know people have found treasures, right? It happens all the time with shipwreck treasures, people hiking in the hills. There mm-hmm. was a, a couple, I believe in California, like eight to 10 years ago, that found these tin cans on their property. And there was all these old vintage coins and they ended up being worth like $10 million or some crazy number after they got graded. <laughs> and that was all goonies all over again. And yeah. then you have this gentleman named Forrest Fenn, who was an older gentleman that decided to take a bunch of his artifacts and gold coins and treasures, put them in a treasure box and hide it. And then he wrote a poem and wrote a book about giving clues on how to find the treasure. So as a Goonie, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is oh wow, treasure. And I believe it got found, um, but his name was Forrest Fenn, F-E-N-N. You can look it up if you haven't seen it. It's so intriguing. So I would like to someday be the next Forrest Fenn. I would like yeah. a massive treasure someday, especially when I'm getting older. If I live till I'm 80 years old, 85, 90 years old, you can't take it with you when you go. So <laughs> as a Goonie, Maybe I'll hide 10 buried treasures or something, you know, and yeah, yeah. maps, Goonies maps and stuff. And and so we're trying to integrate the movie and the love of the movie to real life treasure hunting. Um, I know if one family found one treasure, it would change their life. Right. And and you mm. want it to get into the right hands. So anyway, I hope I answered your question. I know I talked for a long time, but that's kind of no, it's fascinating, isn't it? And this idea of um, finding the buried treasure, if you can... You know, there's so many analogies that you could draw off that, isn't it? I mean, there's actual treasure hunts, which we all love doing still. As, even as adults, we still love them. And I, I remember when the kids were growing up, we still did the Easter egg hunts, you know, and all those kind of things, because there's something quite... We all drew treasure maps. Our kids all still draw treasure maps. And it's that yeah. there's something about it um, that is quite magical. And to be honest with you, I, you know, with my business, I could say I've, I sort of had a map followed it along, had an adventure, and I seem to be finding these treasure things as I as I go along. And um, it's, it's quite funny. But I, as you were talking, Bayman, I did think, actually, you own a gold company, right? Your company is called We Buy Gold. Yeah, yeah. We send, we buy and sell gold, jewelry, coins. And like I had told another news station that my businesses, so I have four businesses that have payroll, right, employees and locations. Mm-hmm. Four different businesses. One of them is We Buy Gold, and it's here in the Kansas City area, which is a one of the major cities here in the United States. And at one point, we had 14 locations. We've downsized since. But, um, you know, subconsciously, all the businesses I have were related to the movie Goonies. <laughs> it's it's like it's, it's unbelievable. Um, like my first business, which I still have, is it was a baseball card shop. And if you remember when they were going oh, that's that, yeah, yeah, he finds it, doesn't he? On the on the guy that get, yeah, baseball card in Chester Copperpot's wallet. That's right, yeah, yeah. Card shop since the early 1990s, uh, since 1993. And uh, what's interesting about that, of course, we've morphed into Pokemon cards now. So we're a big Pokemon card retailer and Magic the Gathering, right? Mm-hmm. And all these other games. But subconsciously, I got in the baseball card business. My next business was the gold business. I mean, effectively, if you look at, okay, here's what, here's what's funny. One-Eyed Willie's treasure is a treasure chest, right? It's effectively. What is the logo of my card business called Collector's Cash? What's my logo? What's my company logo? Oh, no, don't tell me it's a treasure box. It's a treasure chest. <laughs> 
a treasure chest. And and when I was doing it, I wasn't thinking necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know, the word cash, the way it's spelled is not spelled like money cash. It's C-A-H-E. Mm. It's spelled like cache, but it's pronounced cash. Yeah. And it, you know, if you, I don't know if you know what that means. Um, most it's people, a store, yeah. It's a, it's kind of like a place of hidden valuables, like a, yeah. like a hidden, you know. And yeah. so I, when I was trying to think of what logo do I make for collector's cash, I said it has to be a treasure chest. And so subconsciously, it took me years to find an artist, and or I, I forgot it just took forever to find. I found the one, and so that's that. Then my next business is We Buy Gold. Then the next one is an escape room. So I have escape rooms. <laughs> What are they trying to do from the Fratelli <laughs> book? Like, you can't make this stuff up, you know? And uh, and the next one is so crazy because I don't know if this is a thing in the UK, but um, we the, the, the last business is an axe-throwing business, right? Like darts, but axe. Yeah, yeah. And so people are like, well, how does that relate to the movie? And I said, well, you know when they trip the wires in the tunnel and, mm-hmm. and the boot- trip a booty i mean booby trap right yeah and, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, and the ropes start moving right and all that yeah. well what cuts the ropes oh you yeah know? it's all the axes yeah you know it's their axes their axes <laughs> and so it, it's it's just weird and then i'm also in the real estate business so it makes total sense to buy the goonies house right <laughs> i didn't plan all this i wish i could say i was a genius and i was smart enough to have planned this whole thing this is god's plan so i'm doing god's work right now you know it's like literally yeah, yeah. What's next in store for me? It's like you can't make this up. That's fascinating. So yeah. you 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 set up four uh, companies, you four businesses with payroll. Okay, I'm let me go back to the the card one. Have you ever had into your store the card that they found in the Goonies? I don't know if that was a genuine baseball card. I don't know anything about baseball cards, but was that a genuine baseball card? And have you had that since? Yes. So it is a general, genuine baseball card. If I remember, it's like a 1970 Topps Lou Gehrig card. Mm. God, if it's 69 or 71, please forgive me. I should know this. Um, but it is a genuine card. Yes, I do have one because a good Goonies friend of mine actually sent me one. No um, yes. And I've had them, I'm sure, throughout the years mm. because we bought 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, 2000s. Yeah. We bought collections of cards. So I'm sure I've had it but I've never paid attention to it, Um, but it is a legitimate card. But what's interesting about the timing of that, so let's just assume it's a 1970 card. Well, the kids are in the tunnel, we'll call it 1985. And I'm like, so did Chester Copperpot, like at what year? I'm trying to place it because when, when they read the newspaper article and they say missing man goes missing while in pursuit, you know, treasure i need to look again on the date on that i'll find out yeah yeah and i i think gosh i i don't remember the exact date but i'm wondering if that was a a movie flub where they messed up with like years yeah but i i need to look because i don't know why my memory thinks that the newspaper article was before Mm -hmm. baseball card right before 1970 Mm -hmm. was then that wouldn't make any sense but you know, they also did the octopus scene, right? Where at the end, Data, they're like, what was the most dangerous part or whatever? He's, you know, it's the scariest part. And he's just like, oh, it was the octopus. Well, they mm-hmm. cut the octopus scene. So if you watch the movie, you're like, what octopus? Like, what are you talking about? But it was a deleted scene. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no fairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and one of the things that I loved actually about when we were at the house, you were showing me all these uh, things like the calendar on the wall, the little treasure chest in the corner, the painting. So the community has been sending you stuff, hasn't it, since you've bought this, since word got out that you bought the house, people have been sending things in. Is, is, is that still happening? Yeah. So, and we had to put that on pause for now because of the TV show that we would like to integrate that with the TV show. But mm -hmm. there's a Facebook group. If you're a big Goonie and you're not in this and you're on Facebook, well, actually, if you're not on Facebook, you need to join Facebook. And <laughs> this group. But it's called the Goonies 35th Anniversary. Um, and it used to be the Goonies 30th and then they updated the name. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it'll be the Goonies 40th when the 40th comes around the corner yeah. here. Um, but this group has approximately 15,000 huge Goonie fans in the group. And so a good friend of mine, Deepak, who's in Austin, Texas, I you might have met him. He was there that Yeah, same. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. So Deepak, very computer literate, right, and stuff. And I asked him, I said, can you handle the spreadsheet? So he created a shared Google spreadsheet. And we listed every single prop that we could think of and find and locate in the movie um, and we listed it and we wanted to give the community, the Goonies, an opportunity to kind of be involved rather than it just be us. You know, people do want to be involved. I know if I didn't own the house and this was up there, I would want to send something to the house. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so we thought of this unique idea and you've been in the house. So, you know, when you go up the stairs, there's a huge wall on the left yeah, that's yeah. on it. So we said, why don't we utilize that wall? And why don't we memorialize anybody who gives a gift to the house? They would get their name on on the on a plaque with what they gave, maybe or something, and then their location. So it would be yeah. like Matt Edmondson, you know, London. I'm not saying you're in London, but London, England, or something mm -hmm. like that. And it would say like David statue, assuming you gave us the David statue, yeah. right? And that way, as a goodie, you can say that your name rests. Inside In the house, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. so does the prop that you send. And so we try to think of a fun way that the community could be involved with the house. And we're going to mm -hmm. continue to do this kind of stuff. Um, obviously, I'm a full time entrepreneur. I mean, I have mortgages. I have bills mm -hmm. to pay. I'm not this retired guy with a billion dollars doing nothing. Um, so I have to actually work every single day. <laughs> and it was like what my passion project is obviously Goonies and and I love other 80s films like Back to the Future and things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, how do I make time for family, friends, Goonies, yeah. right? And all that stuff. Yeah, no. It's, <clears throat> well, it's an interesting thing because, I mean, I don't come across many people, um, Bayman, who run four companies um, yeah. and then go and buy something as significant as the Goonies yeah. house. Um, why? How come you? How, how did you end up doing four companies rather than just – doing say we buy gold and just building that company what what is it about you that kind of has to keep doing something new and, and different well I, I i'm like most humans on planet earth where it's hard to get satisfied right with life we always like to accomplish more it's always more 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 what what new goal can i set and accomplish because once you accomplish a goal after the dust settles and you celebrate it, you become complacent, it becomes normal. And then you're like, well, what's next, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's just human nature. It's not you, it's not me, it's not the next person. We always want more as humans. Uh, we wanna grow our spirits, we want more things, right? And and so my first business, which was the trading card business, we talked about the baseball cards, the Pokemon cards, collector's cash I've had for about 30 years. Mm. 
reason that I decided to go and start We Buy Gold after was for diversification. I, you know, in the card business, it's such an uncertain business. They keep releasing mm. new cards and you never know, are these cards going to be profitable? Am I going to be able to make money? Is this a sustainable business? The majority mm. of the people in the card business have gone out of business, like over right. 90% people have closed their stores down. So it's a it's a very tough grind to mm-hmm. last for years, decades alone. I mean, I've completed my third decade to be start my fourth decade wow. here soon. And so the thought was, how do I how do I protect my downside, you mm-hmm. know, my risk, right? And so I wanted a business that I felt when the economy wasn't the greatest, what ben- what business benefits from that? And that is gold, precious yeah. Right. Um, you always see gold and silver prices go up when the economy goes to crap and there's a depression and there's all this yeah. stuff. And then they settle down when there's a great economy. It always happens. It, it seems like it, at least. So that was the thought there was, how do I protect my downside? If this business fails, what's my buffer? Right. What can protect mm-hmm. that? So then once we started that business, we ex- we overexpanded, which was a mistake. I had a lot of people tell me not to do it, but we opened too many stores too quick. Um, so like I said, we had 14 locations and then we downsized and we got stable. We didn't go out of business, mm-hmm. luckily, but we were very close to going out of business, but we did. Oh, wow. um, it was again, the never say die, the never give up mm-hmm. yeah. and the mentality. I have this relentless mentality. And if you're going through this in life, listen to me. I, I've already said this on the podcast. Not only did I come from nothing, but I suffer the same ups and downs in life as you do the next person does i feel them even where i'm at today there's always ups and downs it just gets slightly easier Mm -hmm. as you start paying debt off and you start wanting less out of life like Mm -hmm. less material things and it gets easier but you still suffer so if you're listening to me and you're going through tough times right now never give up you only lose when you get knocked down and you don't get up, that's the only time you lose, but you only have to win the overall war. You don't have to win every battle. In yeah. fact, one of my mentors told me, you know, I'm a baseball fan and in baseball, there's nine innings. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentors, also a huge baseball fan, he said, listen, the game of life is like a baseball game. You don't have to win every inning. You just have to win the game. Mm-hmm. So you may really do poorly today and tomorrow, but the next week you do great, right? And you mm-hmm. just need to have more wins than losses and have that never say die mentality, that yeah. never give up mentality and keep pushing through. So then after we got those two businesses, both of those businesses were tangible goods. So meaning we buy physical goods like cards or gold coins or whatever, and then we have to ship them or sell mm-hmm. them or whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, maybe I should get a business that doesn't have any inventory like an entertainment business. Yeah. And then I opened up some escape rooms. I think that was seven or eight years ago. And yeah. I love the business. In our spare time, <clears throat> we would go try these escape rooms and see what they're all about. We had fun. I said, well, we know we know the ABC is a business. So let's just open one. Yeah. And we had just bought a building that housed one of our gold companies and the basement was not being used. So we said, let's put our escape rooms down in the basement and we made it happen. <laughs> so and then, you know, of course, why not, you know, my friends get into the axe throwing business and I know nothing about it, but why not just add another business while we're at it? So we get an axe throwing. <laughs> so, that's the reason um, it was more for, to answer your question, it was more 
to just, you know, add layers, um, yeah. you know, protection. Um, I think that if you've got like, a, if you've got one job and that's all you do, the best thing you can do is start a side hustle, a side yeah. business. And so you work at your, in the United States, we call it a nine to five job, 9 a.m. Yeah. to 5, right? So you work 40 hours a week. Well, the good news is there's a lot more than 40 hours in a week. Mm -hmm. The way that I got ahead, like I did at my age, was I worked 70, 75, and even 80 plus hours a week for most of my life. And although people might say, oh, that sucks, oh, that this, I said, well, I enjoyed doing it for the most part. Mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. That was kind of... Enjoyable. So you don't have to work 70, 80, 90 hours a week. You could work 50, 55, mm -hmm. 60. And it's like the whole penny a day doubler. It's like I, I have this thing and I'm not the one that invented this. But if you take a penny a day, one cent in the United States, which is the lowest denomination of money, which buys you nothing and you double mm -hmm. it for 30 days, you'd be surprised how much money that becomes worth if you double it yeah. for 30 days. And I've, I've always, I always tell people, would you rather have a million dollars right now or a penny a day doubled for 30 days? And most people say a million dollars, but it's the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And so what that shows you is the power of compound compounding. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if you can compound your income and you have your day job and your day job pays for the basic necessities of life. And then at the end of the month, you have a few hundred euros, dollars, whatever left over. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. You can go buy a gift or go buy yourself go out to dinner at an expensive restaurant. Yeah. What if you could earn, you know, another thousand dollars or a thousand euros per month on the side, just doing a hobby that you love, just, mm -hmm. you could be a, a person that likes to knit and make, you know, uh, sweaters, mm -hmm. you know, you could be like me and you could buy and sell baseball cards on the side. You could do, you could be a person that likes to just fix cars and you just charge people on the side to fix cars, whatever mm -hmm. your expertise is. Add that to your income. And then as the months go, the years go, and a decade goes, wow, you're going to say, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this earlier? And that's the mm -hmm. key, at least for me as somebody that came from nothing. These people that are trust fund babies that they inherit millions of dollars, mm -hmm. a, a family member passes, that's not exactly a way to, to get wealthier, to get ahead in life. You have got yeah. to sacrifice. And unfortunately, you're going to have to sacrifice spending some time with family and friends to get there. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, as, as you're talking, actually, I'm thinking of Katie, who made this tie-dye T-shirt. She's a nurse by trade, right? And so um, at the weekend, she's down selling her uh, tie-dye T-shirts, and she's killing it, man. She's doing super well. And so um, i uh, really pleased for her, you know, that that's, that's going well. That's the exact philosophy I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Anything she makes off of the T-shirt business, she gets to keep. Yeah, totally. And uh, and reinvest, you know, and, and actually that that hustle came from her parents. When you talk to her parents, you know, they, they were always hustling. And it's um, it's always quite interesting. I was telling my son the other day that um, we were going to be chatting and Josh is 22 years old now. Um, and he was telling me he wasn't that interested that you own the Goonies house. He was more interested in your card trading because he's a big magic of the gathering um and a big D and D guy, and I, I have to be honest with you, Bayman. I was like, I don't even know what Magic of the Gathering is. And then he told me how much some of these cards go for, and you're like, oh my goodness! <laughs> I said, you need to talk to Bayman because that's what he does. And he's like, well, okay. <laughs> no, and that's literally what what I that's the business I'm in. And yeah, Magic the Gathering cards now 
there are some worth six and seven figures. There have some of the really rare ones have broken a million dollar mark. And, and uh, there are, there are cards worth six figures, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's um, collectibles are now a true asset class. Mm-hmm. You know, people have collected fine art for centuries mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've heard of paintings going for $80 million or even higher and, you know, at auction. And you're like, why would somebody pay $80 million for, you know, a Van Gogh or, or some mm-hmm. painting where like, it looks like the artist just painted a bunch of red on like mm-hmm. the canvas. And you're like, why would you pay $80 million for that? And mm-hmm. so collectibles have become effectively in a sense, a miniature version of artwork. And so these yeah. Pokemon cards, these Magic the Gathering cards, these baseball cards, they're all basically representations of small pieces of artwork. And the reason there were so much there's a fundamental root reason that these bring the money that people don't understand. And you know what that is? Well, I assume it's nostalgia in some kind of form. Yeah. So you're in the right department. It's it's the memory. It's the connection yeah. to that childhood memory that they had when they went to the grocery store with their father and he bought him a pack of cards and they opened it up and he got this card. He was so excited. It was his favorite player in baseball or his yeah. favorite garbage pail kid or his favorite Pokemon card. And they remember, and, and some people, unfortunately, they say they lost their parents, right? Or lost one of their parents. And so that's their connection to that memory, to that history. Mm. And there's nothing more powerful than our hearts. And so yeah. when you're touching people's hearts through collectibles, that's the real driver. I mean, obviously supply and demand, right? If a card is much more rare mm. than the next card and, you know, or it's more desired for different reasons because it's, usable in a, in a, in a tournament format or, you know, whatever, it's the best baseball player of all time and it's limited. Sure. It's going to go for more, but the real reason people want it um, is for that memory. So do you, do you find yourself when stuff comes in the store, um, uh, looking at stuff, Bam and going, I'm not selling that. I'm keeping that. Is your house just full of stuff that, 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 <laughs> that you probably should have sold at some point? I will say that in the early days, I had a lot of that, way more than I do now. I'm not very attached to trading cards or things um, as I used to be. You know, as you evolve as a human over time, you start realizing that time on earth is very limited. And it's not really the things, the physical things that we have in this world that matter. But more again, it's the lasting memories that we've left on others, the lasting impressions that we've left on others. So you know, my goal in life went from accumulating stuff, right? When you're a kid, you want to have a mansion and you want to have a bunch of fancy cars and a big boat and all this stuff. My goals in life are not those things. Although those things will probably show up within time. My goals are how many people's lives can I positively impact? How many people can I positively show um, the right path as far as like in mentorship through business how to get successful in business like that to me means way more because in the end we've all been to these you know gloom and doom funerals where you're sitting there and 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 you're and you're crying because you lost a loved one but think to yourself in the very end what mattered to that person mm-hmm. what mattered about that person and the truth is and the answer is the lasting memories that they left mm-hmm. on you and all the others that are sitting there crying. The memories mm-hmm. is what matters. So the more time we can focus on the non-tangible things and about be, becoming better humans and helping better the lives of others, 
then that's what we need to be doing. And so my newfound goal, because I was selected to be the steward of this Goonies house, my newfound goal is to try to impact the world, this entire planet mm -hmm. positively through the love of the Goonies movie and through that house. Mm -hmm. And I think that I can figure out how to do that. I think you can, but no, I'm really excited to see where it goes, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm intrigued, you know, with like the TV deal and, and some of the plans that you've got for the house and, and where it's all going. Um, it's, um, it's fascinating, isn't it? So, what do you do, Bayman, to sort of recharge your batteries? How do you how do you sort of keep your tank full? Yeah, that's tough because for a long time I was so past what we call burnout, right? Where you work mm -hmm. too much, you just keep going. And I got in a zone where I just continued to work and nothing else mattered. How do I recharge myself? It's pretty simple. I get home and whether I turn my phone off or not isn't always the solution, but it's how do I turn Bayman's mind off? Because my mind is just nonstop thinking, yeah. how do I solve this problem? How do I make this situation right? What's the next thing we're going to work on, right? And sometimes when I'm trying to go to bed, I can't sleep because I'm my mind's racing on. Mm. So I have to distract myself. And it's honestly usually through watching some show watching a movie that I'm very consumed about, right? Watching Goonies again or something that takes my mind off of life or simply turning my phone off mm -hmm. and, you know, going somewhere, going on a, you know, out to dinner with friends or family or something like that. But I'll tell you the key, like physically is I have become obsessed with taking care of my body the best that I can, because I know that in order to be the best version of me, for myself, my family, my friends, my employees, the community, the Goonies community, the world, in order to be the best version of me, I have to feel the best, look the best, right? And so my diet is extremely strict for the most part. Um, everybody cheats and has some sugar here and there, but I have a very strict diet. Mm -hmm. You know, I wake up every morning, I take vitamins and I've researched all different brands of vitamins. So I think I found the ones that work for me the best. So I'm a vitamins person. We juice every morning. Sometimes we might have bone broth or something to kind of get the body jump started for protein. And we try to eat as organic, as healthy as we can, and not eat Franken foods. We try to stay away from mm -hmm. processed foods. And so if I feed my body the best nutrients, I nourish my body the best it can be. I sleep eight hours a day. Sometimes it's only seven, sometimes it's nine, but I get a good night's sleep. I learned through trial and error that the earlier you go to bed, the best you'll rest. So yeah. if you go to bed at your local time at say 10 PM at night or even earlier, you're going to feel so much better the next morning than if you stayed up till two, three, four in the morning, which I used mm -hmm. to do for a long time. I used to play a lot of poker. A lot of people don't know that about me, but for right. a lot of in my life, I played semi-professional poker and uh, I play at the world series, you know, every other year or so. So, it's uh, that was uh, the exact opposite and a very unhealthy lifestyle, right? That's about as unhealthy as you can go. So after living through that and seeing, okay, in the later years, we're, we're middle-aged here. So going into the second half of our life, our lives, what do I got to do to be the best version? So how do I recharge? I, I nourish my body with the best vitamins, nutrients, mm -hmm. vegetables, meats, things like that as I can, nuts and seeds. And then I try to get a good night's rest and I exercise 
I exercise almost every day. If I'm not actually working out, I sit in the sauna and I'll sit in the sauna four to seven days a week, depending on the mm-hmm. week. Um, and then I cold, I take cold showers, which mm-hmm. people talk about cold plunging. I've done that. And at some point when it becomes a cold plunge scenario becomes more accessible, I'll do that. But I take freezing cold showers. And let me tell you something. The Goonies house has the coldest water in the world. So when I'm there, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm kidding you. It's got to be just a tad above freezing. That's probably oh, 30, wow. 30 degrees. It is the most freezing water. But, uh, you know, I'll take a cold shower for five to seven, eight minutes. And uh, if you suffer from anxiety, which I've, I've had anxiety, like, for the most of my life, one of the hacks that I've figured out just from trial and error for me, it works for me, is cold showers. But then in order to take a cold shower, here's the funny part. You have to actually do breathing exercises. And mm-hmm. so I follow Wim Hof's breathing yeah. exercise, um, which he does. He's the master. They call him the mm-hmm. ice man. So I follow Wim Hof breathing to get prepped because you don't, by the way, it's dangerous to just cold plunge and take a shower. Yeah. Just yeah. do this. You yeah. have to for it you know so but yeah that's that's kind of what resets me and gets me going and then mm. uh i i do my best to get then then my mind's ready then i'm reset and like mm. i can do this podcast and i can go endlessly because my body's mm. just freaking charged and ready to go fantastic fantastic bayman i'm gonna do the question box okay the question box is where i just we have a box full of random questions <laughs> I'm going to flick through these questions. You're going to tell me to stop. And wherever you say stop, that's the question that we're going to ask next. Okay. Stop. Okay. So, interesting question. Can you describe your own taste in interiors and design? (laughs) That's such a random question. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Well, I'm not an interior designer. Um, I would say that, you know, my wife is much better at that than me. Um, I know that there's a real thing. Feng Shui is a real thing. If you, uh, when you design like, uh, the inside of a house, mm. when you walk in the front door based off the design, you get a feel. Mm. Um, so I'm not very versed in that department. Probably better to cut to another card. <laughs> <laughs> talk to the wife. Yeah. Let's um, uh, talk to the wife yeah. and be the short answer there. Yeah. yeah. I think if I was going to answer this question, uh, can you describe your own taste in interiors and design? My interior taste depends on the building that I am in. And so if you took something like the Gunius house and did this modern Swedish kind of look and feel to it, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense to me in that sort of context. But in Sweden, that makes sense. And so I don't think I have a specific taste other than it has to make sense. I live in a Victorian house. It was built in 1840. Wow. and so all the bits of furniture that I've, because I, I like joinery, I like, I've got a bit of a woodshop thing going on and I my downtime's in a woodshop. Um, all the furniture we make, all the furniture we buy has to be Victorian in look and feel. If I tried to do something contemporary in that house, it would just feel a bit odd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I think that's probably how I would answer the question. Uh, in, in terms of interior design then, um, what are you most looking forward to about restoring the Goonies house? You know, you, you're talking to this TV company. You're going to do this restoration thing. What's the bit you're most looking forward to seeing sort of back as it was in the movie? I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most is if they hook this up like I think they're going to, if they set this up, is meeting the original cast and having them do the walkthrough of the house. Mm. 
and explaining, wow, I remember when this happened and telling stories that none of us Goonies know. So mm. you can imagine when they were filming, you saw the living room. The, the mm. camera lens makes it look bigger than it really is. It's not mm. that big. So, you know, could you imagine if Jeff Cohen, if like Chunk was like, yeah, before I dropped the statue, they did this, this and this to me, or they gave me a noogie on my head or, you know, they just hearing the stories, but it really would be meeting the cast and hearing all those epic stories that we've never yeah. heard, and watching their expressions as they walk through it. Because for most of those actors, that was the start of their major careers. Right. But there's quite a few famous actors, isn't there, that have come out of this movie. Uh, yeah. I was, when I was watching it the other night with Josh, my son, I'm like, do you recognize him? No. And you show him a picture of that person now. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Because you've got uh, the, 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 I can't remember the chap's name that played um, Mikey that went on for Lord Sean of the Aston. Rings. Yeah, yeah, Sean Astin is Sam. Yeah. He's in Lord of the Rings, he's like a major character. And, and if you didn't know him from Goonies, you would say, oh, he's Sam from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, and he was Rudy, but he's really Mikey and Goonies and Sam and Lord of the Rings. Um, but these actors, you know, Corey Feldman had a illustrious career, right? He was yeah. in tons of movies. And even Kihi Kwan, even though he wasn't, like, didn't have a ton of childhood roles other than, you know, Indiana Jones and Goonies. Yeah. He did have this recent you know, movie that he did that took him to the next level. So the four, the four main Goonies, um, you know, and I'm not including Jeff Cohen chunk because Jeff self-proclaimed that that was the start and end of his acting. Yeah. yeah he wanted out, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you take Jeff Cohen out, he nailed chunk to a T like nobody could have played that part any better. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other four guys, their careers were amazing. And then, uh, you know, Carrie Green and Martha Plimpton, I think have also had roles in other stuff as well. Yeah. But Goonies was the starting point. So back to it, it's just going to be hopefully getting the opportunity to be standing physically with them in the house and watching their expressions, listening to the stories and yeah, just being there. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Well, listen, Bayman, it's been great to talk to you, man. And um, thanks for coming on the show. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, if they want to find out more about the Goonies house, what's the best way to do that? Through social media. My handle's the same on all of them. Bayman Zachary. You can, if you want to put the spelling for it when you list the mm -hmm. podcast, B-E-H-M-A-N, last name Z-A-K-E-R-I. That's my social media on, on everything, on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that. And then we ha also have created some Goonies House handles on Twitter and Instagram. Some of them are Goonies Home and some of them are Goonies House. And the way that you know that they're mine is it'll have my name listed in the bio. And that's that's uh, that's the way it works. So, yeah, and I do my best to respond to all the messages and responses. I'll be honest, I'm consistently behind because I was overwhelmed from the time that my name was disclosed to the world. I got mm -hmm. like 3,000 Facebook friend requests in like the first couple of weeks. <laughs> so it was insane, you know? And Yeah, because you were on like the Kelly Clarkson show I saw. I did get on Kelly Clarkson, and I had to actually hire a PR firm for a few months to represent me because I was so overwhelmed with the amount of wow. uh, reaching out the media and all that stuff. So if you do send me a, a DM or a message, I do my best to respond to everyone. I mean, there's some... 
that are so off the wall that I don't even, I get confused or I, I can't answer. I just, uh, sometimes no answer is the best answer. <laughs> but if it's a normal, normal request or normal whatever, I do my best to respond. And, and sometimes I'm a week behind, but yeah, that's the best way. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we will, of course, link to Bayman's info in the show notes as well, which you can get along for free, along with a transcript at pushtobemore.com. And of course, if you sign up to the newsletter, they will be coming to your inbox. So make sure you connect with Bayman on social media. Watch the TikTok of me doing the truffle shuffle, because you know what? It'll make you laugh, if nothing else. Bayman, listen, man, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great to connect again. Uh, thanks for being so generous with your time around the Goonies house. I absolutely loved it. I've loved the conversation. I love what you're doing with the house, man. You're an absolute legend, and it's a real privilege to to be able to talk to you today. Thank you, brother. Much appreciated. And as they always say, Goonies never say die. Never give up. <laughs> Goonies never say die. It's so true. Absolutely. What an absolute legend. A huge thanks again to Bayman for joining me today. Also, a big shout out to today's show sponsor, Aurea Media. If you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. And be sure to follow Push To Be More wherever you get your podcasts from because we've got some more great conversations lined up and I don't want you to miss any of them. And in case no one has told you yet today, you are awesome. Created awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden you have to bear. Bayman has to bear it. I have to bear it. You've got to bear it as well. Push to be more is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Estella Robin, and Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme music is by Josh Edmondson. As I mentioned, if you'd like to read the transcript or show notes, head to the website pushtobemore.com. That's it from me. That's it from Bayman. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you.